Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Coppernewer Path podcast brought to you by LEO2CEO.com. Today, guys, I want to talk to you about customer experience because the customer experience is so important to your business, not only as the first potential touch point that you have with potential customers, but in the long-term engagement with, with your customers and lowering churn, keeping them around long-term, uh, you want to make sure that uh, your customer-facing representatives of your business are delighting those customers and nurturing the relationship with them. And so today I brought on a guest who's an expert in this area, and we have Anders Boulanger with Engageify today uh, with us. And so Anders, uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And uh, I think the uh, the term, or I guess the business name, I should say, Engageify, kind of says it all, right? Doesn't it? It's uh, it's all about being engaging. Yeah, that's what we were going for. So I'm, I'm glad it's coming through in that sense. It's a little bit of a made up word, um, but I think it kind of you know, uh, embodies what we're trying to do. So we, we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. And so we work with all kinds of companies, um, a lot of technology companies, some financial services companies. And what's happening, what we're seeing out there is that you know, things are, are complicated, complex, customers are busy, distracted, they have no time. Uh, I mean, through the, you know, last couple of years, so many virtual calls you've probably experienced where we're, we're doing one right now, right? Just to, to be able to see yeah. each other and interact here. Uh, and, and so, so many people are, are tuned out, right? From, from that kind of engagement that they would normally get face-to-face. And then even when we are face-to-face, some people aren't rising to the occasion. So we really saw a need in the marketplace not to do sales trainings, because there's tons of sales trainings, but to, to teach people on their engagement skills so that it can improve that selling and accelerate their sales. So, um, you know, like you were saying in the intro, it's so important that every, you know, interaction, every touch point that you have with your customer is a, a moment where you can... Uh, build trust, build that relationship, like you said, and get ROI. And what we talk about it at Engageify for ROI is return on interactions. So, you know, what is that, what are we getting out of that, that, that chance that we, we get to meet, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's virtual, yeah. whether it's on the phone. I like and, that. And return, return on interactions. That's good. Now, I know that uh, uh, Engageify has been a little bit of an evolution for you guys, which originally started off as the infotainers, right? Very focused on uh, the trade show space. And I told you before the show, before we started recording that this was kind of timely because uh, Austin, even though he hasn't spoke up yet, Austin, my my co-host is here with us today as well. And Austin and I are heading off to a trade show next week in Vegas uh, for the ILFE conference. And we just 
came back from a trade show for the ILETA conference. And as our audience knows, uh, these trade shows, when you're, especially when you're marketing to uh, other law enforcement agencies, are really important. And uh, when you're at a trade show and you're the guy on the other side of the table, you see people walking around in like this zombie mode where they almost want to be careful not to be noticed as they walk by your booth because they don't want to get dragged into a boring conversation. So how do we how do we be more engaging at these trade shows and get people to want to speak with us and then be engaged and interested in that conversation? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and thanks for mentioning that background. So the the infotainers, um, we were a collection of, of entertainers, and that's my background as being a magician. And we would combine information with that entertainment to be able to uh, make people take notice and want to engage, you know, in a, in a trade show booth because there was a payoff, and that that entertainment side of it, and then. You know, I'm not saying out there everyone has to learn magic to be able to do this, but the, the learning off that is we need to grab people's attention by spiking their dopamine, right? You, you hear about that all the time, how, you know, anticipation, reward, novelty, that sort of thing. This is one of the neurotransmitters that uh, attention is based off of. And if you look back uh, evolutionarily, you know, what what is going to feed us, nurture us, or like what we want in survival, right? Or, or even, you know, um, perhaps finding a mate could be a dopamine spiking, you know, uh, event sort of thing. And then the other side is anything that causes stress that, you know, danger, uh, it's norepinephrine is the, the neurotransmitter. So the stress thing gets our attention too, because we want to survive, right? So that's just going back to, to basics on that. We don't want to stress out any potential prospects or customers, right? Like that's not a very useful one. There are kind of ways of doing it, but it's, it's, it's a lot harder to, to get away with it. Uh, so what I'm saying is we need to create a, a payoff. We need to create a, a sense of, of novelty and newness and creating contrast. So what people are used to is if they're used to people trying to drag them into a booth or do something, and they're going to resist it. What if there was something that they didn't expect to see? What if there was something that really defied their expectations and that would capture their attention, right? And then we would have to build on that. So one of the things that, that I do, and this is, you know, in our work with, with our clients, is I have $2,000 that I'm waving in a fan and then I throw it down on the ground and I say someone's going to have a chance to win this cash. And then, you know, you see $2,000 lying on the ground, just kind of unguarded. <laughs> People are kind of like, what's going on here? Right? So that is a, a very unique moment, you know, that, that is remembered. And then people want to see where I'm going with this. Right? And then my whole presentation is structured to do that. So I'm just saying, what is it that you can do to kind of stand out? Now, what we find is most people at a trade show don't even go out of their way to make an effort to try to engage, right? And I think before, yeah, Austin's nodding his head and you guys are smiling. It's, it's this idea that we're, we're kind of showing up and saying that's good enough, right? And, and in that sense, um, you know, you can sit there. I think you need to, if you are an employee, you need to have an owner's mentality. And I think back to a show that I was at um, years ago, it was a global petroleum show in Calgary, Alberta. And there was a booth across from us that had four people in it. They were all from Italy and they flew from Italy to be at this show and they sat there 
and was reading on their phones and on their computers the whole time. Meanwhile, I was across the aisle cranking for this client. And, and right, so you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So it's kind of, you know, in, in engagement, when we train teams on engagement skills, I kind of borrow from the Hippocratic Oath and I say, first do no harm, right? Like we have to put ourselves in a place where we can, can build upon, but we're actually creating barriers a lot of the time so that prevents that engagement. So one of them is being tuned out, sitting there, head down, shut down, you know, on your phone. Some people are eating in the booth. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of things that are just like, whoa, like, you know, you're creating all kinds of barriers and, and just maybe places where people, it's like, oh, that's a no-go. I'm not talking to that guy. He's got stuff all over his face from his, you know, <laughs> sub sandwich he's eating. I don't know. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. We got to like get rid of all the, the, the do nots, right? And the do's and don'ts. We got to get rid of the don'ts. And, and then build upon that. So um, another thing, when I talked about barriers, here's a physical barrier that people often are sitting behind a table, uh, you know, at, at a trade show, like in their booth. And the, the exhibitor, I'm going to sit there because it's a long day, right? Like that's the kind of mentality. But those attendees, they're walking everywhere all day. They're more tired than you are, right? Uh, so we want to meet people where they're at. So in terms of meeting someone face to face, if you are eye to eye with someone, you're going to be able to build rapport so much better. So if you're sitting there standing, that's just a weird dynamic, right? So meet them where they're at, stand up. And then the other piece of that barrier thing that I'm talking about, you're sitting behind a table. It kind of, I don't know if I believe in feng shui and like, you know, energy flow and all that kind of stuff, but there is something interesting from my experience of doing magic with a table, little table in front of me and then having no table, it somehow opens up the energy and you know, for you to connect with people without kind of blocking off yourself, protecting yourself, it makes you more vulnerable and, and therefore people kind of feel like they can relate to you more, okay? I'm kind of, that's kind of going deep or, or kind of very yeah, fairy yeah. a little bit maybe, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's this idea that it's like, the, it's like the handshake, right? Like if you shake someone's hand, originally that handshake you know, they, they grabbed around the forearms, the Roman handshake. And that was a, like, you got no, you don't have weapons under, up your sleeve. Okay, good. Like that was the, how you build trust, right? So this idea of eliminating that kind of uh, anything blocking that space between you and the other person is a way that at least now you're kind of being able to start building off, of, you know, building that relationship, right? So um, another barrier while we're talking about this is having your arms crossed standing there at the booth, maybe, maybe you're bored, maybe you're cold, but that, that is kind of sending out a message to people that maybe you don't want to engage, right? So that's something that I tell people, you know, find some other way of, of standing comfortably uh, so that you're more open, that you're more receptive looking, okay? So I'm giving you a few ideas of just kind of how we don't do harm. And then once we, we were doing that, now, how do we stop people? Well, gifts and giveaways and raffles have been a thing at trade shows. You guys have seen them, I'm sure, right? Um, and then we're going back to that novelty piece that's spiking the dopamine. Um, giving someone a chance to win something is always kind of like, oh, okay. All I have to do is get my badge scan? Okay. That can stop someone, right? And now you, that, that is like the appetizer to the five course meal. What are you going to do after that though? Once you've got them stopped. So that's where your company 
and your, your booth staff, they need to be on point in terms of what is that elevator pitch? You know, how are you going to frame what it is that you do in a way that they want to learn more? Okay. Because you only have about three seconds, depending on how wide, how, how, you know, wide your booth is, you know, if you're in a 10 by 10 booth, you know, which is typically kind of the smallest right. booth at a show, unless it's a tabletop show, yeah. you only have about three seconds and someone walks by and then they're gone, right? You might not ever see them again if it's a, if it's a big show. So how can you stop them? And then how can you make them pay more attention? So those are some ideas. I, I don't want to talk the whole time. So Adam, take this where you want to go here. Yeah, yeah. no, you, you're, you're good, man. Uh, that was all very good and insightful stuff. In fact, uh, I went a couple of years, oh, it's probably actually closer to like three years ago now. I went to the Denver Digital Summit, which is this big digital marketing conference, right? Um, and there's tons of booths, tons of vendors there. And there was this one booth where they had like this little, it was like a little gun in their hand that uh, was shooting out $2 bills, right? So it's just flying $2 bills all over the place in the air and on the showroom floor. And like everybody, everybody was over there in front of that booth. And of course, people would stop to talk to them. And so, I mean, that's the kind of maybe an extreme example, but that's kind of what you're getting at, right? So um, I, I, I love those ideas. And I think um, a having a good list of uh, some of those ideas would be would be absolutely awesome. Um, I'll give you another one real quick that, that it is kind of like that that anyone can yeah. do. And I'm always collecting ideas like, oh, you know, I'll look and I'll see a big crowd of people. I'm like, what is going on over there? You know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what I'm, I'm just fascinated by that stuff. And so um, one that anyone can do is you get a, a putter, golf putter, a, you know, three balls, and then you buy some some gift cards or you grab some, you know, $5, $10, $20 bills and you put a piece of tape down in your booth to say that's where you got to putt from and the ball's got to land on these bills or gift cards that are, you know, the other side of the booth or wherever it is. You know what I mean? You make it, I don't know, 10 feet away or something or maybe not even. And you give person three shots and then they can go back into the end of the line if they want. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is you get all of these people lining up to want to, to try to do this because it feels like a thing that you could do. But uh, I watched one booth do it and I, uh, maybe I can get you a, a link to a video I filmed about this uh, and you can put it in the show notes or something. Um, yeah, that'd be and, awesome. And this guy, I interviewed him and I think he'd only spent like, you know, a few hundred dollars for the whole show, right? Because it's, it's, it's harder than it looks, you know? And so, but the idea that you get this big lineup of people the other side of it is you need to be harnessing that crowd. Now that's just sheer, you know, game, right? You're not, you're not yeah, promoting this is your getting business. them to show up. So right? you got to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, having someone talk to the people in the line and qualifying and, and scanning badges and then pulling them out and maybe say, Hey, we can give you another, you know, we'll, we'll give you a fourth ball. If you, you know, watch a demo or you whatever, take a meeting, that kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. I love that idea. Hey, I want to shift gears here a little bit and I want to talk a little bit more about the customer journey and being engaging during that customer journey. Uh, as far as like, you know, our sales and, and customer experience for our business is concerned. Before we do that though, we are overdue for a quick mid-roll break. So let's hit that real quick right now. This is the end of side one of the podcast. To continue listening, 
flip the podcast over and continue on side two. If you understood that reference, you remember a time when people were engaged with each other. They knew what was going on all over town. They knew who the neighbors were, and sometimes they were even friendly with them. While times might have changed, people haven't. People simply found new ways of engaging and came to expect that engagement on demand. Is it possible that you can engage on demand with your business without being glued to a screen? It can be. Prevent your leads from stalling out or falling through and keep your existing customer relationships from going stale with Breacher CRM. Whether you're starting, growing, or scaling a business, we have plans to fit your needs. Go to BreacherCRM.com. Breacher, the first guy to open the door, CRM.com. All right, so we're back now with Anders and Austin, who hasn't spoken up yet at all, but that's okay. So part of the reason why I wanted to have Austin in this, not only just because I enjoy him uh, as a co-host, but because he is our customer experience director. And so um, I knew that he would have some some questions and some things to input into this conversation. Uh, But here's how I kind of want to kick it off. You mentioned earlier at the kind of the beginning about uh, there being a need for balance because people are busy, they're they're uh, they're distracted, right? And and what we tend to do as businesses nowadays, right? We're we're blessed with awesome technology that we can use to enhance our customer experience and automate things. But there's a fine balance between automation and actual human engagement, right? And so, what do you see as being well? How, how would you quantify that balance? Hmm, that's an interesting question, Adam. How do I quantify that balance? Um, well, there is definitely a trade-off in terms of you know the the automation and the leverage or the scale that you get out of certain you know technologies. But the problem is, is you can't scale authenticity, right? That's the, like when we when the mail merging thing happened with like names. Oh, you know the emails look like they're going to you know each individual. You know there are certain things that you can you can scale in that sense, but it just doesn't do it justice like one-on-one or, or that custom-made piece. And so I think it, it, it depends too, if you, if you look at um, a top of the funnel being a lot wider, being a lot less customized, uh, mail merged, if you will, right, to scale. But as they get deeper and deeper into the pipeline, that's where you gotta bring more of the human touch in because they say authenticity is the new currency. Right. People people want realness. And when they know they're just, you know, a number as a prospect, let's say, um, they don't feel that. And and so there's something that we uh, teach. It's an acronym called Save You. And the, the, the U at the end is just stands for you focused. And that's about being highly relevant. That's about, you know, what benefits you or what is going to negatively affect you. I want to know about it. Right. And that's where giving that special touch that that you know custom bespoke kind of feel makes people uh, feel good makes it gets their attention one of the examples that we use is uh there's all there's different types of, of, of video email uh, platforms now one of them is called dub is the one we use and that's where you can make a one-off video you can write someone's name on a little whiteboard and so it'd say hey adam click play right so you know it's for you and then you click it, and then I say, hey, Adam, it's Anders here from Engageify. I just wanted to reach out. And it's just like, wow, this person took the time to send me me, me a video, right? 
that's hard to ignore, right? And I've had people book meetings with me because they just said, okay, you got me. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what this is about, but I'm going to take the meeting, right? Just because you, you impress them and you were bold enough to do that for them and you went above and beyond. So, um, I don't, I'm not quantifying it like you asked, but I do believe no, that's the okay. deeper we go, the more engaged we have to, to get. And when you look at the different mediums, real quick here, Adam, you got text messages, you got emails, right? Those are the ones that we can mail merge, that kind of thing. They're not, you don't get them in real time. You don't get the feedback. And when you want to create engagement, you need to sometimes adjust yourself to give what the person needs right? As soon as you get on the phone, that's a different level because now I can hear you. There's a tone of voice or communicating so much more. And I'm also then able to listen to see, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Right. And then we get video, like a virtual call. Now I can see you, you're nodding your head. Then I'm like, okay, then I'm on point. This is good. And then of course the next level, the highest level in that hierarchy of communication of engagement is the face to face because there's you see the whole body, you get all the body language. You can even like feel shifts in the air sometimes, right? Like that, if you have an awkward moment, <laughs> that's how it feels. So right. you get more information. So um, we recommend people who want to touch people the most, go as high as you can, you know, with the time that you, the time and effort that you can, right? Like you're going to get more out of it, but it takes more to put into it. Austin, I'm going to make you speak up now. <laughs> There hasn't been a good point. Um, th there's there's been no well, reason I'm, to I'm interrupt talking. him. Like, uh, everything on there. And now he just brought it full circle. So before the mid-roll, uh, you were talking that I was laughing over here and nodding my head. And uh, what it got me thinking of was trade shows are exactly like carnivals. And, you know, you go to the state fair or something else. There are vendors everywhere. Everybody wants to sell you things. They're really neat things. The problem is you don't got a pretty girl on your arm that's nagging you for a teddy bear. Okay, they replaced it. Yeah, we went to Ailita and there's rifles laying out. There's night vision. There's the latest, greatest. There's free stuff everywhere. But it had that same kind of atmosphere of like the, the Jurassic Park thing, right? If I don't see them and I hold real still, they can't see me. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And uh, then uh, like, like he was saying uh, with the Italian guys, there was one group or one booth that I was really excited to go up and talk to. Um, great product, recommended it to family, friends, everybody fully endorsed it, still do. Was super excited to see them there. I show up, I try to talk to them, and I was the biggest inconvenience that they probably had all day. And so I just, okay, bye. And I walked away without so much as a sticker, um, only to go and get scooped up by the guy two booths down that I didn't want anything to do with what he was selling, but I talked to him for probably 10 minutes because he was friendly and he was out there and he was engaged. And so, yeah, you know, you got to be out there. You got to be genuine. And just because you're, in this case, the people that I was looking to see, they are too big to fail. They are safe. They are not going anywhere. And if they do, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, but they kind of acted like it, you know, get out there and don't forget that, you know, people are what make you. And then I was laughing a little bit more when you're talking about doing the putting green with the twenties, because I was like, well, I mean, trade shows already kind of feel like a carnival. Why not just take it full circle and go? Yeah. Well, in Austin, as an infotainer, when we work a booth, some of us look, we're, we're kind of like part, uh, you know, uh, carnival barker part, you know, uh, brand ambassador and, and almost part preacher, 
right? Like kind of like, can I get an amen about that, right? Like that kind of idea. And so we, we get the crowd going. But what you're just saying uh, is, yeah, you kind of got to piggyback off what, what works in other situations, right? Those people at a carnival, they've got to figure it out. And mm -hmm. that's the idea is you want to figure it out for the trade show too. And it depends on your corporate uh, you know, um, sense of, of what you want to go with, right? How you want to represent that company. And that big company right. you talked about that you were ignored, it was, uh, that's, they're shooting themselves in the foot. But the, the, the smaller companies, like the companies you know, that go, if you have, if you have that, that, that uh, uh, can-do attitude and you're hungry, that's going to make the difference, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, kind of just piggyback off of that, you can have the greatest attention getter in the world, but if you can't follow that up with something meaningful, that's all you are is an attention getter. Okay, stop. We've derailed. <laughs> okay, let's get. I don't want to talk about trade shows anymore. We need to talk about customer experience. Um, so let's kind of get back on that track, and maybe Austin, um, maybe just pose the question of, uh, you know, how we can relate engagement to our sales process. All right, so I've I've got a question for you here, and this is uh, something that I have no experience in at all. You've been doing this for a while. Um, sounds like kind of a wide variety. You remember the good old days. Um, how hard of a pivot was it for you these last two years when suddenly you couldn't have that top tier, you couldn't have that in person? I don't, I don't want to talk about lockdowns. I don't want to talk about responses or any of that. How did you keep going with that personal engagement to make yourself feel genuine there uh, more than just web meetings and being another face on the computer screen? What are some ways, uh, especially, you know, that the smaller guys starting out can kind of pirate and can kind of repurpose yeah. from this that we can be personal in the digital age? Um, you know, if I've got somebody that's out in, let's say, Illinois and I'm in Colorado, I'm not going to fly out to go meet them, um, but I still want to be genuine. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Great question, Austin. And, and virtual meetings, this has been... Uh, I mean, accelerated people's acceptance of taking these meetings, right? And now we can we can have that kind of leverage to meet anyone anywhere. And what I found though is a lot of people, because you're just so used to working at your computer, and then oh, I've got a call, and I look up, and you know now you're in the call. Well, hey, do they even look up? <laughs> so so one of the tips I'm going to say right now is look in that camera and talk to the person like that's their face. Now, I talk about putting a little post-it note sometimes and a little arrow reminding you to look in the camera. You know, get that camera at eye level so it's not high above you or below you. So you're not talking down to someone. So you're not talking up to someone because that can give you a certain perception that you're not trying to send. So again, meet them on the level, eye to eye. And, and this idea that we need to bring more energy too. So we're talking often in a room by ourselves. And so when we are presenting our information, whether we're doing a sales pitch, whether we're, you know, whether it's customer service, whatever the, the case is for that virtual call, we need to kind of amplify ourselves a little bit. And, and it's because the camera steals energy and we're not playing up to the people around us that would give us energy if they were in the room. So what I suggest people do is, is kind of practice. And I talk about 33% extra. So um, I have a little chart with my hands. I, I'm just describing it here. This is where you think you're coming in, which is about like, you know, my chest level. And, and this is actually where you're coming in. And it's about, you know, six inches below, right? And it's like not where you thought you're coming in. So to come in at that original level, you have to overshoot it, 
right? By another by 33% extra, right? So that you you then are perceived at the level that you wanted to be perceived at. And and so that's just a, a bit of practice. And people kind of have to, you know, a little bit get over themselves and to to deliver what it is the customers need. Okay. I've I've got a follow-up question to that one. This has nothing to do with most of our audience's business, but this was everything to do with yours while you're a magician. Um, I've done some stuff before up in front of crowds. I was a DJ, so nobody was there for me. They were there for the music. Uh, and that was really easy to do because I could read the room and I could be like, okay, are they getting tired? Let's slow it down. Uh, are people starting to leave? You know, get another good song out there and let's bring them back. You, you really can't do that though when everybody is just there to you and you need to keep everybody's focus on you. So my next question is, how do you practice that and how do you build up that extra 33% without putting on an act, yeah, you know, still being genuine right. because, you know, people yeah. see through that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I guess, you know, in, in a performer background, that's kind of a little more natural to me, but people, like we talked about, authenticity is important. And, you know, we actually... Um, I've, I've had some discussions with other people is this kind of professionalism versus authenticity and not that there may be opposing poles, but sometimes professionalism, people feel so buttoned up that they feel like they can't show their personality. And what I've found working with different teams is that most people aren't actually showing yeah. who they really are as much as they could. And the, when, when I learn a little something about you or I see another side of you, that becomes more interesting. And so it's kind of, uh, you know, not so much putting on the act like you're saying, Austin, but actually showing off more of who you are, you know, revealing yourself. And that just makes people, you know, can fall in love with you. And, and so I think it's, it's about taking off the armor as opposed to putting on a character. If that makes sense. No, I think that's a really good way of wrapping that up. So how do we encourage that level of engagement across the different touch points uh, throughout a customer journey? So I think um, in, in terms of you know, your customer buying journeys, I mean, you've got digital, you've got in-person. We mostly talk about, you know, the, the in being engaging as opposed to, in, you know, all the different types of engagement because you can have, you know, people clicking on things and that sort of stuff. So we don't typically deal with that. Um, but the idea that we want to uh, touch people with the best medium possible, right? As the highest, we kind of talked about that, that, that little pyramid yeah. or that, that hierarchy. So that's one piece. And then when you're there, being everything that you can to serve that person in the moment. And, and so uh, going to the extra effort, um, I, I have a video that sometimes I run and when I do my virtual trainings, and what it shows is a kind of a fast forward motion of, of me getting prepped for a meeting. Most people aren't making the effort to put that customer experience front and center, right? So uh, in my case, my, my, my standing desk gets up at the right height. I turn on lights. I go downstairs. I turn on these other background lights and I close the curtains and I get rid of the, the backlighting. I'm curating the background. And then I get up and I change my shirt and I got my mic on. Now I'm ready. Now I'm set and I'm standing and I'm ready to present, you know, and giving a sense of kind of importance, right? Um, most people just don't go to the trouble. So I think it's, it's about rallying around the fact that we need to, to win these moments of engagement. So we are stand out, we are remembered, and that people value the time that we spend with them. Yeah. And when we start doing that, we're going to 
cultivate that customer loyalty, right? Uh, real, real quick, there's a, a book I read one time about uh, a, a company who changed tires. Like they were one of these, you know, tire companies. Their rule was anytime they saw someone come on the lot, one of the person, one of the employees had to drop their tools and run straight out to, to that person to meet them. Oh, wow. Right. And yeah. it's just like that became their thing. Right. And, and so that was just like, you know, right away you were acknowledged unlike Austin at that, that trade show booth. But so when people feel that you've gone to the trouble to make their experience better, I think that's, that's the key to engagement. Awesome. Anders, this has been awesome. You've given us a lot of great information. I really appreciate it. You have um, some online courses, correct? Uh, If people want more information on these topics. For sure. And and the easiest way, instead of spelling Engageify, I said go to bemoreengaging.com. So, uh, and there you can actually get a a free download on four tips on how to be more engaging, as well as we have um, courses on virtual engagement, vocal engagement, if you're on the phone or you're, you know, want to use your voice better uh, in terms of uh, presentations and even uh, trade show exhibiting as well. Awesome. And you, I think, had a special offer for our audience to go along with those courses, did you not? Yes. And I believe I gave you the coupon code in there and it's uh, you get a, a discount off of our courses. And um, yeah, uh, have at her. Yep. Coupon, coupon code LEO2CEO. So LEO, the number two CEO, gets you 20% off of any course. Yeah, you bet. Awesome. Well, give us a closing thought and let everybody know how they can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, way you can connect me, LinkedIn is probably on the most active um, in terms of uh, social media. And closing thought, you know what? One of the things we talk about being more engaging, but I like to have everyone think a little bit about the act of wanting to engage, right? This idea that we don't say hi to our neighbors as much as we used to. We don't, um, you know, we just kind of stay in our own little worlds. But when you reach out and you're able to just engage with someone, you can really change their day. And in turn, they might do that to someone else. And I think we can kind of make a difference in the world by, by reaching out and wanting to engage. Yeah, so true. So true. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Anders. It was great. Uh, Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.